0: Welcome inside the locker room and thanks for joining us for this exclusive part of the interview.
1: And now back to Rob and his guest for today's behind the scenes story. Yeah, that's that's another good question and I think that well what I'm going to tell you about is a little bit more about that Monday night football game Great. and then uh, how people in my life had a positive influence. But as I said before the first Monday night football game was my first game as a rookie. And, of course, I I was uh, seeing – it was kind of like Hollywood, you know. I was gone from Oklahoma State. We used to have about 20,000 people to Cleveland Stadium when there was 85,000 people for every game. So we played the Jets on Monday night. I was starting, one of the only rookie starters, uh, defensive tackle. And there was a guy that uh, if you have older people that listen in – they would know, is Howard Cosell. It was oh, yeah. his first his first game as a broadcaster, along with Don, oh. Meredith and Keith Jackson. And so before the game, they went to Joe Namath. We are playing the Jets. Of course, he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. And they asked Joe what he was going to do. And he said, we're going to run at the rookie Jerry Shirk, number 72 from Oklahoma State. So during the game, no matter who missed the tackle, according to Cosell, it was me. <laughs> I missed the tackle. <laughs> and I didn't I didn't know what was going on. Of course, you never hear the broadcast when you're on the field. And so um, I guess he went on and on and on about it. Uh, every every play that was within 10 yards of me, it was my fault. And so um, I was excited because we won the game on a late interception. I went home. I was living in an apartment in Berea, Ohio. I couldn't wait to get the morning paper. I did not sleep all night. I heard the paper hit the stoop. I opened it up. There's headlines, you know. Browns beat the Jets first night game, something like that. Then there was a sub headline that said "Nightmare Ends for Jerry Shirk." Oh, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> and it went on to say how Howard Cosell had talked bad about me the whole game, disparaged me, and so I was really down. And yeah. uh, you know, and I didn't have the best of games, but it wasn't that bad. Uh, so, but my first couple of years kind of went like that. Not that I ever got that bad publicity again, but when you're a rookie and a first year guy, second year guy, you just typically, you don't know what to do. Things are too fast. So at the end of my second year, um, we played the Los Angeles Rams out here and, uh, I didn't play well that game and on the plane on the way back, you kind of get looser at the end of the year after your last game. So, uh, you're kind of more open. So I went and talked to my coach. His name was Dick Mojoleski. His name is, we called him Mo for short. Uh, and he played for the New York Giants, my exact same position, right? Defensive tackle. I said, Mo, I just don't think I'm making it. I just, I'm not playing like I want to. I'm not doing myself any good. I'm not doing the team any good. And he said, relax, kid. You're exactly where you need to be. You know, he's a really a man of few words. So when, when he said anything, your ears perked up. And so he outlined my career. He said, "You know, next year you're going to become a solid player." He said, "The year after that, I truly believe you're going to go to the Pro Bowl." And then from then on, you're going to be known as, you know, one of the best in the game. And this was all news to me. It's kind of like you know, you're getting drafted by the Cleveland Browns. That was news to me. But this was news to me. So it helped me to do two things, relax, and at the same time, even work harder. You know, I didn't want to let this guy down, but I had confidence because he said I was going to be okay. And uh, so I look back and I look at my relationship with him and the importance of having somebody and finding somebody you can kind of lean on or have somebody in your corner, whether you're in sports or academics or a job or relationships, whatever. And uh, so I think that's probably one of the biggest reasons that I've gone into mentoring, you know, pretty much do uh, in the mentoring world full-time. And it's because of that coach, Mo Mo.
0: Mo. I love it. We got Mo and face out of this interview. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's a great story. It is a great story and the confidence. And did you ever, ever follow up with, uh, with the, jeez, uh, I'm forgetting his name now, the announcer, Howard Cosell, about why why he was all over you that game?
1: <laughs> well, you know, I know a little about him, um, and I've actually watched part of that game. And, and so what I realized was he was, first of all, that was his style. He okay. would, he he was just an extremely intelligent man. He had a photographic memory but he didn't always uh, see the game the way it was being played. Sometimes he would call a boxing match, and and you'd be going, are we watching the same boxing match that he's calling? <laughs> and, the, and the the guy that you think uh, was the winner was the winner, and, and the guy that he thought would, would be the loser. So he just didn't see things. And also, it was his first game, and so I saw the broadcast, and I could tell that he was nervous. And so sometimes when you get nervous, you get on a theme and you just hang on to it. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's and I
1: point. actually, when I was a photographer, about 1977 or so, I went to the Kentucky Derby and I was a photographer. You know, in the uh, I had credentials, and a couple of days before uh, before the race, uh, Howard Cosell walked by our photo room. And uh, my, my assistant, one of my other mentors, not my assistant, but I was assistant to Ronnie Koontz, uh, and he he kind of grabbed Howard as he went by, and he went, Howard, Terry Shirk, you remember him? <laughs> and Howard, it was funny, he, he had this really, you know, there's a lot of people that can mimic Howard Cosell, but he... He just went into Jerry Shirk first Monday night game. No way. Joe Nemeth and the Jets couldn't do anything that night, but he's gone on to become one of the best in the the NFL. He just kind of went into his broadcaster thing. That is fantastic. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Absolutely love it. Well, I appreciate you sharing that story and, I'll I tell you, what a what a wonderful conversation with you. So honored to have met you here and looking forward to staying in touch. Lots more I can learn from you after this interview, for sure, as I continue to uh, spread the word about the life lessons of sports. And as I mentioned, I'm just the conduit here. You and along with others, the guests have provided so much valuable information, and I know our listeners very much appreciate your time today. So thank you, Jerry.
1: Yeah, Rob, it's been a pleasure, and I really appreciate what you're doing, and uh, speaking of spread the word, I'm going to spread the word about your program and your website, and I think it's really crucial that people take the lessons of sports, and this is how I see what you're doing. It's just taking the lessons of sports and translating them, you know, into other areas of life, so... I congratulate you. Well,
0: thank you. Thank you so much. And at the time of this recording, the holidays are coming up, and I wish you the best during the holiday season, and I will be in touch.
1: Okay. um, Thank you so much, and the same to you. And I'm just going to have to Try to endure this uh, chilly sixty-degree weather yeah, out here. It's We're tough. having it. It's tough. California. <laughs> you guys <laughs> from
0: California, I tell you. <laughs> well, you'll be all right. You'll be all right, Jerry. <laughs> we, we
1: pay for we pay for it in our mortgages, though. That's true. And, uh, and true. our gas prices are always That's... seventy-five cents a gallon more than anywhere else.
0: Good point. Good point.
1: <laughs> Until next time, who are you, nation?